1: May the force be with you. Who is that masked man?
0: Avengers, assemble! Good afternoon and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. Some genre-related news before we get to today's discussion. CBS All Access has ordered a full series of Star Trek Strange New Worlds based on the years where Captain Christopher Pike commanded the Enterprise. The show stars Anson Mount as Pike, Rebecca Remigian as Number One, and Ethan Peck as Science Officer Spock reprising their roles from Season 2 of Star Trek Discovery. Strange New Worlds will be set on the Enterprise, and executive producer Akiva Goldsmith says the show will be more episodic, optimistic, and harken back to some classic Trek values. I can't wait. S.J. Clarkson has contracted to develop the first female-centric movie from Sony's catalog of Marvel characters. Unconfirmed reports indicate the possibility that the film might be based on Madam Web although the nature of the character make it possible the project could go another way. Of course, you know, Madam Web is uh, connected to this computer, and uh, she's really sick, and she don't move, and she don't fight villains. There is no writer or star connected at this time. Clarkson has experience with superheroes and Marvel characters in particular, having directed episodes of Marvel's Jessica Jones and The Defenders for Netflix. More details on this as they become available. Batwoman star Ruby Rose has announced she's leaving the show, which has already been renewed for a second season on The CW. No word on why Rose has decided to quit the series. In a statement, she said, This was not a decision I made lightly, as I have the utmost respect for the cast, crew, and everyone involved with the show. Thank you to everyone who made season one a success. I am truly grateful. Producers say the series will continue. Warner Brothers and the CW are committed to creating a second season with a new lead. Director Zack Snyder announced the mythical, unreleased version of his cut of the 2017 superhero film Justice League will finally see the light of day on Warner Media's HBO Max in 2021. Snyder left the production due to a family tragedy. Josh Whedon was engaged to complete the movie. Speculation has swirled of the existence of the so called Snyder Cut ever since. Although one has to wonder if the speculation itself, as well as the success of streaming services, has led to the creation of this version to capitalize. And a new DC Comics-based show, Stargirl, premiered on the DC Universe streaming service and the CW Broadcast Network this week. We're talking about that and more today as we continue to shelter in place due to the ongoing pandemic and joining me today on this special coronavirus edition of fantastic forum i've got panelists that i know and love and trust me people i love these folks you have no idea sometimes what goes on behind the scenes here joining us today shireen nicole the wonderful patient beautiful talented wonderful there aren't enough there aren't enough superlatives to describe this woman let me tell you (laughs) <laughs> oh, you're I very nice. I owe you dinner. Also joining us, the redoubtable Roberto Ortiz, whom we all love. Yeah, there you go. And the fantastic, the dynamic, the renaissance man, the creator of ants, the genius behind ignorant bliss. <laughs> he is the one, the only. Julian Lytle. Thank What's you. Happening? Thank you all for being. Uh,
1: Thanks, thanks
0: Lily, for inviting us. I I am so tired (laughs) of the coronavirus edition. We are all social distancing, sheltering in place. We are connecting via the miracle of technology. And it's just a lot more fun to go into the studio. (laughs) Plus we get pho. Exactly. Well, we're going to get some pho anyway, just not tonight. So... Uh, Before we actually get to the uh, discussion topic for today's show, there were a couple of items from the intro, uh, just the genre-related news, that I thought deserved maybe talking a little bit about. about. Uh, One of the things is uh, CBS All Access has announced that they are doing a new show, a new Star Trek show. It's called Star Trek Strange New Worlds, and it is going to focus on the USS Enterprise under the command of Captain Christopher Pike, and I was just, I mean, I I honestly have not watched very much of Star Trek Discovery, because I don't have CBS All Access, but uh, I have heard only good things about Anson Mount this portrayal of captain christopher pike i was just wondering what you guys thought about uh this new uh, iteration of star trek um i
1: think he'll be frank i think he'll be great um if you saw him on season two of uh, of discovery there's a couple of episodes that basically he captures very well the what you expect the captain pike to be and he was amazing i mean he was, like, aiming for defenses in terms of his performance, and he did it. He's really good. He's going mm. to be great.
0: Okay. I look forward to being able to see it. Uh, Julie and Shireen, you guys seen any of Discovery? Uh, got any thoughts on this new Star Trek series?
2: I have a lot of affection for Discovery, and I do think Anson Mount is a, a great Pike, and Roberto really covered that. My question is, will Rebecca Romaine be number one on this new series? Yes.
0: I believe so. Yes.
1: Interesting. Yes. Yeah. They're gonna so. they are gonna keep most of they're gonna keep Spock, they're gonna keep her uh her, her I mean she was actually part of the announcement and the guy who plays Spock also too. And it's they're gonna be great because they already have building chemistry. If you have seen them in the short tracks and in the season two, they all work very well together. They're, yeah, they it's, do. It's, it's mm-hmm. and the characters basically are interested by default because there's this neat chemistry that they show that the whole point of the character of number one and Pike is how they're basically foster parents to Spock. How he gets certain aspects of his personality from number one, the the, the demeanor and the logic, and how he gets basically the passion from Pike. And it's they, they do, it's, it's, let's just say that when it explains why Spock would go to certain, such lengths to defend Pike later in terms of the passion and Admiration he has for this guy, and another thing that you capture from the show is basically the relationship between the Klingons and the Enterprise. Let me explain. Pike did some things in season two of Discovery that the Klingons would admire him so much that <laughs> they would build Dasher seriously. They they're like, damn, this guy's like an alpha male of the humans, damn. And to have Kirk come after Pike it's like, wait a minute, you're the guy replacing plays You really must be really good, because Pike was amazing on some of the stuff he did. And I cannot tell you what he did, because it's a spoiler, but he But did it's something...
2: self-sacrifice.
1: It's very self-sacrificing. Yes, yes. Which is something that Klingons so would be heard. like, BAM! <laughs> it, the Klingons would be like, God, this guy was amazing. Seriously, you should see what he did. And And he does it in a way that is so noble and not macho-like. And the way he portrays Pike is the antithesis of a macho guy. It's more of a cool, intellectual guy who basically has passion about doing the right thing all the time. Space dead. Space dead.
0: (laughs) You know, I would love to talk to Anson Mount and find out how much of Jeffrey Hunter's performance has informed the way that he approaches the character. Because, of course, you know the the totality of that work uh, really came from the pilot episode of Star Trek, uh, The Cage. And uh, wonderful film actor Jeffrey Hunter uh, portrayed this character. And, I mean, who knew at the time? Nobody knew. <laughs> Nobody had any idea, given the temporary nature of television in the 60s that all of this was going to lead to something that essentially would never end. I mean, it's, uh, it's hard to believe. But the other thing that I personally am curious about, Strange New Worlds, because there were a number of other characters in the pilot uh, that were uh, established crew members. Uh, Dr. Philip Boyce, chief medical officer. Uh, you had uh, Jose Tyler, uh, the navigator. Um, oh, Yeoman Colt. Was another one, uh, Pike's Female Yeoman. So I'm just wondering, uh, since this show apparently is going to center on the adventures of the Enterprise, uh, if they're going to bring in some of these other characters that uh, old-time Trekkers remember.
1: I,
2: th- I think it's also going to be a, how did this happen? Like, we'll get like a lot of the stories that we've only heard of in the history books of Star Trek. Mm. We'll get to see how those stories happen and how they differ from what was recorded.
0: Mm. Well, I yeah. did see that uh, apparently uh, the Telogians uh, were on some episode of Discovery. So um, you know, it's clearly, cool. yeah, yeah. So clearly, you know, they're going to go back into some of that history. What I would love to see them do, uh, and it's the mission that the Enterprise was in immediately before uh-huh. the events of the pilot. On um I believe it was Rigel 7 <laughs> and uh, Pike mm. had been uh, trapped, uh, he, he, he let himself get separated from his landing party, trapped in this deserted fortress and attacked by one of the warriors of this planet. And uh, you know, there were a number of crewmen who were injured and killed, and uh, Pike blamed himself uh, for all of this. and mm-hmm. uh, I just I, I just think it'd be really cool to see what happened with that and uh, and some of these other adventures of, of Captain Pike. I, you know, it, It's probably going to be enough to ultimately make me have to finally subscribe to CBS All Access. <laughs>
2: well, I mean, allow me to be a, a true romantic and say that all I really care about right now, especially now that season one of Picard is done, is how is Tyler slash vok going to get into the future? That's all I care about. I need to know <laughs> when tyler is going to show up on star trek discovery again and literally that's all i care about
1: (laughs) one thing you will enjoy a lot about the season two of discovery is the relationship between spock and his sister his half sister oh yeah
0: right (laughs) sorry yeah
2: She's not his half sister. She's his adopted sister. Like adopted
0: sister, sister yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, funny how uh, Sarek keeps getting these kids that come out of nowhere. We had like Cybok, and now we got uh, her. Uh, sorry, Michael Burnham. I believe her name is. You know, her name is
2: Michael Burnham, and she's not just Sarek's kid. She's 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 both of their children. They like they're both. Th- she is their child, and there's okay. a reason why we never heard of her, and that's why you have to watch the
0: show.
1: Yeah, You oh, mean would be, some
0: reason be, other than the fact that she's retconned? You mean? I don't really <laughs> they actually need you to, you to be smart
2: around your mouth. I just need you to <laughs> well, isn't it.
3: everything with Pike retconned, basically? No, at this yeah. point, he was in a pilot that we never saw, and then he popped back up in a chair because he couldn't walk no more.
2: So That's exactly what happened. Right. And I'm and just I know saying. That because Julie made me go to a theater at 10 p.m. at night to watch that never aired episode in the movies.
3: <laughs> like, if we want to get on retcons, Tasha Yar, recon, uh, whole All bunch of stuff. <laughs> 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 you gotta That's roll with it, Ulysses. You just gotta
2: rock with it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> they
3: explain it, they explain it. It's Star Trek, they do, they
2: do a really great job of actually, and it's far more of an action adventure series than the others. It's like what they're doing with the new Star Trek content, um, other than the short treks, which are really good, is that they're Giving each one a subgenre, and that subgenre flavors what the show does. So when you get to Picard, it's cyberpunk. It's straight up cyberpunk. You're like you're 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 like watching it, and you're like, "There's some replicants," and there are. Um, and and so you you really see that in Picard, and you see so much of do androids dream of electric sleep and um, a, um, electric sheep not sleep. Um, and then um, well, yeah, I'm really tired. <laughs> I know. Um, and uh, and of course um, a, a whole lot of Deckard, um, but then you when you go to Star Trek Discovery, what you get is an action adventure subgenre, and so I think a lot of fans of Trek um, were really bothered by Discovery because they they want the exploratory trek you know they're kind of purist in some way but this is really an action-adventure show and in a way that's really funny it's like basically Star Trek is going through the career of Harrison Ford so you've got you know um, (laughs) um, you've got Indiana Jones in Star Trek Discovery and you've got Blade Runner in Picard so Mm -hmm. I don't know which um, Harrison Ford you know, career move we're going to pull from, from this new one with Pike. But I'm, I look forward to finding mosquito
1: out. Mosquito Coast.
3: The Mosquito
0: mm. Coast first. Ah,
3: of need that clear and present danger. Let's get out.
0: <laughs> <here>. <laughs> You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM. We are Arlington. I'm Shut Ulysses Z. Campbell. I'm joined today by Shereen Nicole, Roberto Ortiz, and Julian Lytle. And we've kind of gone down the rabbit hole here, talking about the new Star Trek series that is coming from CBS All Access that was announced last week, Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. And this goes straight to what you were saying, Shereen, about uh, the action adventure uh, series nature of uh, Discovery. Uh, the original Star Trek was action; it was an action adventure show. That was how Roddenberry sold it to the network. And I think that a number of as the Star Trek uh, concept has evolved uh, since 1966. Well, since 1964, if we're going to go back to talking about like the the original pilot. Um, I think that in some ways, it's kind of grown away from simple action adventure, as we saw with um, a number of episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation. And consequently, fans don't really always look at it at, in that genre which it really is that was the that was those are the roots of it that's the foundation of it but yeah. the problem
1: is do you know what the fans want in the first place because the fans basically say one thing and they don't are not exactly clear specifically on what they want and what they don't want mm-hmm. and then they bring in all this crazy political agenda so you're not exactly sure what exactly they are expecting in terms mm-hmm. of Star Trek uh, like, oh, my God, Star Trek is becoming political again. Oh, my God, he has a social <laughs> message.
0: I
2: don't know it's like, have well, you been paying attention? It has yeah. always been that.
0: Thank you. And you hear that about everything. People decry comic books having a political and social message. Science fiction. All People, all these things <laughs> had political and social messages. Literally,
2: always. sci-fi is almost defined as political allegory right? I, I mean, you really can't have sci-fi that doesn't deal with social issues and political issues. It's the nature of that beast. So it is really odd that people think that way, you know, or that people don't realize that that Superman is an undocumented immigrant. <laughs>
1: um,
2: you know, um, but I think that what they're really saying is that it's not about me anymore. Make it about me again.
1: Mm, um, but the question is, how... The the problem is, basically, is that Star Trek, by embracing the other, it's about me. It's like by embracing the LGBT community, it's about Mm -hmm. me. By embracing minorities, it's about me. But it's not only about one specific subset of people. It's Star Trek, even always has been more than me, has been very global. It's been Uh, us. It's always been us. Yeah, it's like one of the first shows in science fiction to have a female lead, Star Trek. One of the first shows, shows, science fiction shows, to have a, a American lead, Star Trek. Uh, the, uh, one of the, uh, the open couples, the LGBT couples, Star Trek II, in Deep Space Nine and in uh, Discovery. Yeah. And to
0: say, to they, say nothing of the fact that when the show originally aired, back in the landscape of the overwhelmingly white male landscape of 60s television, you had a multiracial cast, and these people were part of the command crew. You had an Asian guy, you had an African-American woman. Heck, they even threw a Russian in on that show, you know, in observance of the fact that the Soviets had been uh, pioneers in space exploration a, at the time.
2: And as a child, I thought Nimoy was was Asian as well. so. Uh, how I do you guys surprised. feel about
1: the, the, the fans losing their? How do you guys feel about the fandom losing their minds once it was revealed that uh, Seven of Nine was bisexual?
0: It's a very interesting question, but I don't want to go down the Star Trek rabbit hole. You know, I mean, we've got to beat this uh, strange new worlds thing. And besides, the show isn't really about that. This new strange new worlds thing—just something that was announced. The other thing that I want to mention before we actually got to. Uh, the meat and potatoes of today's show, Ruby Rose uh, startlingly announced earlier this week that she was leaving the Batwoman TV series. I'm not surprised. Okay, you say you're not surprised. That came as a surprise to virtually everybody. Why are you not surprised by that?
1: You realize she had a very, very bad set injury that she required
0: surgery. Well, yes, but... There seems to be some question as to uh, exactly how she suffered that injury, and uh, the at least the rumors are that that injury uh, is not because it was a back injury, as I recall. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you know the again the rumors are that that is not the reason that she's leaving. Now, of course, there has been no formal reason given, and one has to question. A uh, a lead of a show like that, particularly female lead, you know, because this is this was, and she's done other stuff. Hey, but this was a big break for her, you know. If you're doing Bat anything, Super anything, you are on the landscape forever, you know. And hit Batwoman. There, there she was, you know. And well, I'm
2: with. Oh, that's. I was gonna say I'm willing to bet Julian's got a lot of thoughts on this. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) Julian.
0: Go well, wait, wait wait. Roberto, wait, wait. Roberto, wait, wait. Before yeah. you do that, because I think Shireen is dead on. And, uh, you know, going down that uh, that D.C. road, I absolutely want to hear what Julian Lytle has to say about Ruby Rose leaving that Well,
3: it's it's it's, it's surprising because it came out of nowhere. But after watching all nineteen twenty episodes and seeing what type of show they produced even though there there are people who who like it, they enjoy it. You know, that first of all, it doesn't feel like a Batman show. It's not a good Batwoman show. If she got hurt, I don't wonder like, there's a whole bunch of things the reason. Like, why should I stay on with this? Especially when we don't know when we're going to come back. We don't know what opportunities she has. It might be just easier to walk away. Personally, from watching the show, I don't think it's a good show. Um, it's the weakest show out of DCW shows. And as you brought up Stargirl, Stargirl is the exact opposite. it is super impressive, so yeah
2: they did episode well, I don't know if you guys have seen episode three yet have you
0: i I haven't seen any of it sure well I'm
2: not gonna spoil anything but I only see episode, but I just want to say go ahead Julie I'm sorry
0: no, I've only seen
3: episode one i got I, I just used the app and okay. i was I was impressed I was like this this was like watching the first episode of the flash. I'm like y'all ain't put y'all foot in this. It's,
2: wow. Right. It's strong it hits you in your nostalgia, first of all, for the JSA. But what it also does is by episode three, it takes on a life where you're like, oh man, what are they about to do here? So definitely pay attention to Star Girl. I have to agree with Julian about Batwoman. I'm gonna just take my shot. You know, women gotta step in where they can get in. Um what what I find about Batwoman is that it's a poorly composed show. It's a poorly realized show, and I think that I, I you know having a, a really serious back injury is a big deal but i also think this is an opportunity to walk away from something that's not working i personally um since julian covered all that ground i personally think this is a great opportunity to reboot the whole thing because it's a mess and sometimes you just gotta throw your hands up and walk away from a mess and try again and i think they have some really great opportunities to try again maybe do a batwoman and the question show you know and not have for mm-hmm. the name become the question for years but let Vic kind of guide her and then you know th- three seasons in oh she's learning how to be the question but that's that's just me
0: hmm. I, I think all a good of, idea. yeah I think all of those are good suggestions and I, I have to I mean not like it's time to pile on Batwoman uh, but I got to agree I mean this is an incredibly weak show I got uh, like six or seven episodes on my DVR and I was trying to decide whether or not I was going to watch them. You know, it wasn't like a win, but more of an if because I in addition to all the stuff that you said, Shereen, about it being poorly realized, um, I, I think that, and it, it, I hear a lot about so-called social justice warriors and Ouch. things being politically correct. Well, first, let me just say, there's no such thing as politically correct. Usually, when people use that term, what they're referring to is cultural sensitivity, which is always a desirable goal. Now that having been said, um, I think that there are certain subtext to the Batwoman series that do not serve that show particularly well. I think if you, if, when you focus on it, I think you know as um, as a true subtext all right, that's fine. But you don't have to beat somebody over the head. In fact, when you beat somebody over the head with the subtext, it's not a subtext anymore. This becomes the focus of what you're doing. And I I think that's where they've gone wrong on Batwoman. They beat you over the head with the LGBTQ aspect of this show. Just let her, I mean, and so it's like she's an LGBTQ superheroine. No, just let her be a superheroine who happens to be LGBTQ, this is where I think they ought to go with it. Well, you know? I mean,
2: the, the thing is, is that write a human being. Write uh. a, human being who, a human being who is a lesbian. Write a human being who is a superhero. What we're looking for you to do is write a full... Fully-bodied, well-rounded human being who is all those things. Who is a child who who had a, a deadly accident when they were uh, when they were young. Who's looking for their cousin to guide them and he's not around. Who is in love with a woman who is now married a man. Who had to leave the military. Write those things and stop trying to. I think the problem with a lot of content that they make for women is. That what they want to say... But they, they don't know how to write women. We've talked about this with Wonder Woman. They don't know how to write women. So they write things around women. Rather than writing that character. I don't mind if you hit me over the head. With, with her being a lesbian. Just do it well. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. The,
2: mm. Just do it but, well. So that I know who this woman is. And I'm behind her.
0: Hey, hey, hey. hey the wait, wait! Hold, hold on just a second y'all. Because... That musical cue means it's time for us to take a short break because, of course, Fantastic Forum comes to you via WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia, where community radio, that means that this is some place where you can get involved. Visit the website at WERA.FM. Find out how community radio, community media can enrich your life. So we're going to step aside momentarily while we acknowledge the invaluable contribution of our sponsors and underwriters. We're also going to take the opportunity to promote some of the other wonderful WERA shows coming up this weekend. But stay tuned because Julian and Shireen and Roberto and I will be right back right after this. Don't go away. And we're back here on Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM. We are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined this afternoon by Shereen, Nicole, Roberto Ortiz, and Julian Lytle. And we are talking, well, uh, we sort of, well, uh, we actually we haven't quite gone down the rabbit hole yet, I was going to say we were talking about batwoman the tv series because one of the things that was announced earlier in the week ruby rose the star of the show that appears on the cw network announced out of the blue that she was leaving and the show has been renewed for a second season but they ain't going forward with ruby rose the show is going forward but they're going to have to recast the lead and we were talking about our feelings about that so now um uh, was it all right? Uh, Roberto, I think you were getting ready to Well, Julian was starting to yeah. say something. Roberto was getting ready to say <laughs> something. We'll go to Roberto and then Julian.
1: Okay, uh, question. Who's the showrunner? Because I believe the reason Star Girl is so good is because Jeff Jones is a showrunner and he's super passionate about that character. So I wonder who's the showrunner for Batwoman. It looks like. 30-
2: the creator is Caroline Dreis, or Dries or Drees who who okay. did uh, the Vampire Diaries, worked on Smallville, um, and and appears to be um, a lesbian woman, um, married to Danielle Maynard. So I am guessing Danielle is a woman. So
1: so what's going yeah. on? So this is an industry bad. So what's going on? She. It's what you're saying. It's basically. Is Ukraine uh, basically? Uh, a Character that happens to be less than, are you basically making the, the concept that the character is the whole point of the character? Because that's kind of boring, and I agree with you about
3: that. Too. The thing I kind of disagree with is the fact about them hitting you over the head. Like, I read the comic as it came out, that not only was part of the marketing, that was a big part of the story, it was a big part of the reason why, like certain things couldn't happen when they wanted to marry her all, marry her to maggie sawyer in the comic it's been the focal point of what Batwoman is the problem is the execution of story all they had to do was copy the comic and it builds upon a mystery of the bad guy you don't reveal that mystery in the pilot you string that out right. of the season you don't change the actual yeah. dynamic of Batwoman and her father you de- there's no reason why there shouldn't be a Gotham City Police Department. I don't know why there's a private police organization. The only characters I like is, like, the actual little sister and, and like, the love interest. But he also handles romantic plots horribly. It's just not a really well... It got away from them. Yeah. They, they messed up in the beginning and it got away from them. It was a room and they had to keep on going. And, and they had that, to finish the wow. season and they couldn't get back. So they just got to... As Shereen said, you gotta retool it in season two, and now you gotta have a new actress. So, yeah, soft retooling the whole thing.
2: Yeah, because I agree with Julian. I think that the reason that you guys are seeing only one facet of it is because this show is so flat. Like, I'm thirsty for 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 kate and renee to get it on so i'm fine like i said hit me over the head with the lgbtq aspects of it because there's not enough of that and and just like i long for uh monica rambo and for storm and for she-hulk i'm gonna include her in because she's a woman of color ha ha <laughs> like she's i green. long for <laughs> them yeah the, the, you know um Queer women uh, across the spectrum long for a Kate, and okay. they long for a Renee, and so I am fine with getting hit over the head with it. It's the problem is I think it goes back. I, I like what Julian said. If the show is so flat and monotone, you can only focus on one thing. Um, and and, and that's the main problem there. I, I just I, I think it's <laughs> rudderless. And like Julian said, like you, you reveal your your main villain. You first of all, you not only reveal your villain, but you reveal a plot point that you needed to build emotional. You need emotional currency. We've talked about this. Yeah. Writing requires emotional currency. So we need to we needed to find out about Alice slash Beth way later when it had meaning to us. Dropping that on us in episode one is a mistake because then we're not. It's it's kind of. I, okay, I'm gonna go on a tangent. So let me pull back because I was about to go on a, uh, a a tangent about building currency, which is something that Marvel did very well in their cinematic universe. Um, like Julian yeah. said, they gave us like 24 episodes of a show in movie form. Um, hmm. So I I just think take this moment and just and just let it go. I, I'm I'm sure that Caroline Dries or Dry I can't tell if it's Dries or Dries, but I'm sure she does amazing work. It's just like it got away from them, as Julian said. It just, it, it just, it just fell apart, and that will happen with any writer because, th- for women, I think, and I think something very similar to that happened with the um, the Harley Quinn and her backup singers, the Bops. I think something <laughs> <laughs> <characters laughs> where, you know, where there's so much weight on women doing a female superhero because we've really only had wonder woman and captain marvel one of those two okay i got problems with both so let's move Election, Election. Uh, yeah no nah, it was poorly done i i, I did I, I mean i don't count that because i just didn't think it was well done but okay so we but that's still only three we haven't yeah. really Gotten well, there so, was
0: Catwoman, if you want okay, to yeah, listen,
2: I don't do Crowblade. You know I don't do Crowblade. <laughs> so, you know that that movie was half the Crow, half Witchblade, and I'm like, the Witchblade on TNT, nothing. It just, it was perfect. We didn't need anything else. But what I'm trying to say to get to is that when alcoholic. you're a woman, yeah. That was that was really sad. When you're a woman and you're putting forth a female superhero, there is so much pressure on you because there's so little of it. And so whether we're talking about two, three, four, or five, there's so little of it. And it it's a lot of weight. And because of that, I think it's easier for it to get away from you because of that pressure. And you might have to do it a couple times to 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 shape it.
1: But the thing is that they, I think there's a need for representation, and I agree with it. But the problem is, when does a defining characteristic of the character become more important than the development of the character? So, fine, the character happens to be uh, LGBT or happens to be this specific minority, but are you tell me more about that character than that characteristic? Because it feels as as you're saying that that's a flat characterization of the character it doesn't show me more dimensions of who he who this person is and it feels from what i have only seen a couple of episodes of of, a black woman so i i'm not the best person to say anything about it but it feels like the problem they're having is do they even understand the character they're presenting, or they or cannot see beyond not defining characteristic of her. Why are you
2: enjoying? Mm. I don't know. I haven't, I, I, I'm i worse than you because I, you know, I don't have a lot of time. And so it was, it was so poor after three episodes, I gave up. So I think definitely Julian's a better one to answer that than me because I walked away. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Julian? So,
3: the, like, it's, it's as a, mostly what I say is not really. It's not really the fact that she's gay. That's not really a problem in the show. Like the problem in the show is like they destroyed the core concept of like the first the first. Let's say how you set up Batwoman and her her main conflict, and all like. It's just flat. It's like a really one, weird monster of the week. It's oh bad guy of the week, I should say, and this the dynamic between the families off. And then you're sitting there asking his questions like this is the Arrowverse, but you but for a while there was no Batman, but you're telling me there was a Batman, but nobody reached out to him? And what do you mean? He's he's only been gone three years, so you mean all those other times that... It's, it's too many questions if because you, you, you're you not really supposed to separate the show from the rest of the shows because they constantly kind of interact. They set her up in crisis in the beginning. They have her hang out with like Supergirl pretty early on, like... It's these things that happen. It's just you sitting there, just like you guys don't know what you're doing. You don't have a, you don't have an identity. You don't have an identity. You don't know what you, you don't know what you want to do. You sold the pilot, and you don't know what you want to make a show about. And that's the biggest flaw. Like they did everything in the pilot, which is what you're not supposed to do. Like I should. The story was over in the end of the first episode. Like. We just been stringing along ever since. I'm like, I don't know why what this should have been over by episode three. Like this is a miniseries. What is the mystery? She she was good enough as Batwoman in the first episode. She didn't have to really learn nothing. Like
2: it's lacking an engine. So what you're saying mm. is there's no story engine.
3: No, no, it doesn't they messed it up. This like when you go back and you go read that first joint with Greg Rucker
0: and oh, James, and Williams, James the Williams the third. Oh, that was some. Let me. Yeah. That was thing of beauty. That yeah, comic. but
3: you're reading thing it and beauty. you're learning, and you get to a point where you get to the end of what which, you know the miniseries or the Detective Comics run, and you find out you know basically what they spoiled in the first episode, and you're like, oh my god, and it's like, wow, that, that took like it took like 10, 12 months. Y'all which got is rid of how that. Twenty four minutes. Yeah. You got rid of that in forty four minutes? Come on, bad. bruh.
2: Yeah, it's just yeah. Bad, yeah. badly look
3: at, yeah. look at your other shows. How long did it take before we figured out Harrison Wells was Eobard Thorn? Right. You'd be like, Oh fam All of season That's one.
0: True. The That's whole true. <laughs> <of> That's <them> <laughs> true. Really good. Yeah. It's called the yeah. Big Reveal.
3: <laughs> Ooh, Even legends, like with uh with Vandal Savage and the Hawks. It's like and that was a shaky first season it was a you know mid-season replacement but even in <laughs> like it's like oh okay oh so he was there in the beginning bad like all oh, right i I see what you're doing they did the flashbacks and everything It's like word you're looking at this it's like y'all don't know what y'all want to be and y'all keep throwing in random characters it's like hey alfred's got a daughter guess what she's gay Ooh, oh, love triangle right. like, oh peckham has a sister <laughs> guess what she's bisexual <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> like like i was like oh for real like luke luke has his own little dynamic and you try to figure him out and then like well luke fox and which i think he was hand fisting into the thing that is not needed and but the sister mary got this interesting dynamic it's just like oh she like she's like She's Cassandra
0: Cain. i like that character i like <laughs> I, I,
3: yeah, basically, but she can't fight, so we'll see if they they make her into that
2: or well, not. They could have gotten there, but I think the thing is, and, and and now this is becoming an episode about storytelling in a way, Julie. I mean, <laughs> oh, this, yeah. I'm not, I'm not stealing yeah. your your thunder as a host, but it's just amazing to me because everything that we've talked about, we've ended up in storytelling, and I think yep. that when you take what what Roberto and Julian and I have said, what you get down to is to tell a good story, you either need character. Or you need an engine. You need a great plot engine. Best, The best stories have both, right? The problem with Batwoman is it has neither. It has neither character nor story. So why are we here?
1: Mm. And actually, one thing I would like to add to that is also the mythos. You have to understand there's a difference between a creator and a hack. A hack will basically take all concepts without a clear understanding of what's behind it and just recycle them uh like jj Arabs, but uh oh. you have somebody who understands <laughs> mythos who understands the idea behind what's going on and he can basically give it a, a a new spin uh for example when jeff jones took over green lantern he introduced new mythos to the green lantern court. he expanded the mythology because he had core understanding of the concept of what he was presenting the mm-hmm. same applies to bad woman you have to have a core understanding Not only of the character, but of the mythos that you're trying to present. What kind of story are you telling? If you're telling a story of Batman, are you telling a story of revenge? Are you telling a story of redemption? If so, how? What's the core heart of the story? What's the driving force behind it? And having a monster of the week is fine, but are you telling something more comprehensive? For example, the first season of The Flash is amazing because it's the whole concept of betrayal. How you trust somebody and you're idealistic going into the world to fight, and also you're betrayed by somebody you thought was your mentor. That's yeah. huge. That has like a that's thing that, that really left a mark on Wally.
2: But and you also have Barry. unrequited, Barry, yeah, 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 Barry. But you have unrequited love. You have, right. um, you have yeah. a tragic past that is unresolved. You have a, a transition that there's like so much story engine, right? In the first, I didn't mean to cut you off, Roberto, but you got me going because yeah, there's yeah. so many levels of storytelling, and then you have dope characters. And I'm realizing as we talk that one of the major flaws of the Berlantiverse, I'm I'm about to drop an unpopular opinion. Insert hashtag. <laughs> Okay. Is that throughout the Berlanti verse they do not trust the characters, and 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 let me explain what I mean by that. When we talk about Flash, which is the best of the Berlanti verse, I think we all agree. Maybe we don't, but I think we do the flash is the only series where they trust that character's story that you know they did flashpoint they did some really pivotal stories we got Jay Garrick's helmet before we got Jay Garrick right they trust all of the beautiful black story of the flash but when we go to super supergirl this is something that Julian said to me once because I noticed it too because when we got to the, the for the man that has everything I was like why are we doing this here and I remember having a conversation with Julian where he was like what stories is superman living because they've given them all to the supergirl and it was true <laughs> all of the stories were supergirl when you go to green green batman like it's not green
0: arrow
2: it's green batman you got the lazarus pit you've got raz or ray shall whatever we got talia we've got all of that and then certainly slade shows up i'm sorry death and you're sitting there like Where is his, where is Ollie's story? And I believe that Oliver Queen is a strong enough character that you can tell his story. You didn't need to tell Batman's story. You didn't need to turn him into Green Batman, right? And I think that they do this over and over again with their characters. They don't trust him. I feel like they did it with Crisis, um, um, Crisis on Infinite Earths, where they didn't trust the core of who these characters are, except for Tom Welling's outstanding freaking Superman, like Tyler hockland I love you, but you can never be Superman because Tom Welling is in the <laughs> yeah.
3: building. well. That so, and Russell uh, McCalla was being Superman again, and I was like, wow, he should have, he should got another movie.
2: Right, yeah. Reddow <laughs> went from being Superboy <laughs> yeah. Prime to being an actual second Superman.
0: I was like, and well so, golly, hey, it was wonderful. <laughs> Right, hold, and so hold that thought for just a second, because it's time for me to remind the listeners that this is Fantastic Forum on WERA ninety six point seven FM Radio Arlington. I am Ulysses Campbell. I'm joined this afternoon by Shireen Nicole, Roberto Ortiz, and Julian Lytle, and we have absolutely gone down the rabbit hole talking about the CW shows. But it's okay. Um, I, I want you to pick up where you were, where, where you just left off. And um, after we talk a little bit more about this, I do want to ask you all about Stargirl and that's how we'll mm. tie it together <laughs> so gets I mean because I appreciate what you're saying about the storytelling or the lack thereof in in terms of a show like Batwoman, how uh, the berlantiverse does not trust the core conception of characters like Supergirl and and, and Green Arrow and so they mine they from Batwoman. other, yeah, you know, but they they mine from these other universe. Well, from their other characters in the DC universe, and it weakens some of these other shows. Uh, you know, particularly in the case of Supergirl and uh, and Green Arrow. But I, the one thing that I would point out, I, I think in terms of the people who are running these shows, and I, I you know, Jeff Johns accepted. Uh, you know, but some of these others, I, I think there is a a lack of understanding about some of these characters. Or possibly even a misconception because, uh, you know, I came up on, you know, hey, Silver Age. And so there was uh, Linda Lee, who was Supergirl's uh, alter ego, and she had been an orphan in the Midvale orphanage. And, uh, you know, some of those stories weren't too crazy i mean the main thing was there was comet the super horse who had been a centaur and he was in love with her and all right well I, you can actually get something interesting out of that but not necessarily something that you can put on during the family hour and then of course green arrow and it's funny you call him bat arrow but even in the comic book no
2: green batman with,
0: yeah green batman sorry but this was a ripoff of batman any way you slice it because he had the have... arrow cave and the arrow car and even and in don't a comic book that was well, bad. that's right. Yes, but Batman himself referenced that, talking to Green Arrow. It's like, dude, you ripped me off with everything you're a, you're you fan. did. fan,
2: <laughs> man. You're a fan. But it goes back to what Roberto said earlier, right? And I didn't mean to cut you off. You no, just some, I, I had a summation.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> no <please. laughs>
2: because what Roberto said earlier was about Stargirl and about Jeff Johns and so when we're looking at Batwoman and Supergirl and even Green Batman there's a lack of trust there's a lack of faith in the origin of the stories like Julian pointed out you've got a brilliant you've got a brilliant two seasons of Batwoman already written for you just pay them just pay just pay the creators of that but what you when you come back around to Stargirl which is where you want to go Yuli you realize that the reason that Stargirl is so enthralling is because you got Jeff Johns there who trusts the origin of the character. Now, he made mm. it, so he should. But
0: <laughs> but but it it's,
2: but, but still, it works so much better when you have faith in the character and you're not trying to turn them into something else.
0: So, all right, Ruby Rose leaving Batwoman, I, and we're all looking at it like this is an opportunity to fix what was wrong. Oh, before we leave there, I, I just got to reiterate, yes... Because, oh, let me tell you something. Listeners, if you have not seen Batwoman by Greg Rucka and J.H. Williams III, you are cheating yourself. This is, I mean, just, it's the story is great, but the art, I mean, how often do you see something new in terms of comic book art? What J.H. Williams III did with this character was unparalleled as far as I'm concerned. I was so sad. When he left that book because it was just it was fun to read, it was fun to look at. It was just really beautiful work. Uh, yes, earlier this week on DC Universe and uh, DC Universe, the streaming service is where you can see the earliest uh, episode of Stargirl the following day. for all of us who don't have the streaming service, it is available on broadcast television on the CW. Uh, for the time that we have left, uh, I'd just like to talk a little bit about Stargirl, uh, the latest ha-ha star in the DC universe. Uh, Shireen, you were Hi. saying that it's great because they sort of lean on the Justice Society, and uh, I'd, I'd like to start there.
2: Yeah, I think if you've seen the first episode, there's a lot of nostalgia there. You see some heroes and villains that are, are close to our hearts um, as lovers of DC, and um and so that that gives it a solid foundation and then i mean we know star girl and stripe right so it's interesting to see how they put it together and what um johns has really leaned on with this star girl is a kind of 1950s small town through the lens of, like, a, a 1980s movie, like, a Back to the Future. So it's that kind of viewpoint, but, but also brought forward. So it feels like now, but it also has that nostalgia, which works really well with seeing some of those characters that we, we know and love. But what's great about it is you know immediately that this show is building towards something, and... Um, and they're, they're giving us a, a female character that is very much well-rounded and some of the women in this show are just, you're like, what is she going to do? You can feel that they're going to do different things and have a different effects and they're building various families um, into this and so there's a sense that as this show moves forward each episode gets a little bit better than the previous well, episode two is okay but episode one and three you're just like sitting there like oh this is about to be good because when you get to the end of episode three they've really told you what kind of show this is about to be their stakes the stakes are high this this young woman cares about things and and she they're doing this really great generational thing where she has a very different viewpoint on what they ought to be from stripe and and so the two of them coming together this kind of um, mashup of old and new it's exciting it's exciting to see a show like this, and I didn't think that the Berlantiverse had anything fresh to say. Um, and But when I get to episode three of Stargirl, I think, oh, here we go. This is a ride.
0: Mm. All right. Uh, one hey, thing uh, I
2: want to mention. Mm-hmm.
0: No, go on, Roberto.
1: Yes, uh, uh, it's, uh, uh, you guys already know the background of Jeff Jones and Stargirl, right? Specifically that the character is created after his sister. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, his, sis- his sister died in an airplane accident. And Courtney was the name of his sister. So the character of Stargirl is his sister. Seriously. Hmm. And that's why he's so protective of the character. And that's why he's so passionate about the character of Stargirl in DC Comics and now in the TV show. Because that character is his sister. The one that died oh. in the airplane. Wow. He really is passionate about defending their character. And I'm not surprised that the show, basically, is superior to anything else for showing because Jeff Jones basically is saying, mine, go away. This is going to protect this. I'm going to make it good. Go away. Mm-hmm.
3: We'll, we'll see. And, I guess I'm not the biggest, like, rah-rah on Johns in the last 10 yeah. years. So we'll see why we, how he executes a full season. He did a good pilot. Well, I'll no give him no. that. He can...
1: He can do good stuff, and if you have a creator who's passionate about a character and concentrate on the character, some good stuff can come out. And I trust Jeff Jones, at least in the first season, is going to be presenting us a very uh, interesting character with Stargirl. And Mm -hmm. that's what I I want in my entertainment. Give me a compelling character that you can hang a show on. Not -hmm. an idea...
0: Yeah, Julian. Uh, so you're you're skeptical. Why?
3: Because Jeff Johns, Johns hasn't. Yeah, Johns hasn't impressed me in terms of television and film. So, like, we'll see. Um, I like the pilot. I like the performers in the pilot. I like the story of the pilot. It was shot very well. Luke Wilson's really good. Uh, it, it it really holds itself together, and it doesn't reveal everything at the end of the pilot it leaves you with like I want to see what's going to happen next so but I also think it helps that this show was developed mostly for DC Universe and then it was brought along mm-hmm. to Network mm-hmm. so it has an endpoint of a season that's not going to be 22 episodes or 20 episodes and it's going to be a lot tighter so yeah. you know I'm, like, yeah. I'm interested it was good I'm just not going to say it's great just because one guy's a part of it. You know, you.
0: He's a more team. Like, he's yeah, a more teammate. He like did a good job. Yeah. No, and more like Prestige TV in that um, they're trying to uh, condense. I, they're not going to give you 22, 23 episodes to tell this thing, which sometimes gets a little unwieldy on The CW. All right. Okay, yeah. well, look. So... We have run out of time for this episode. I'd like to thank uh, my panelists and you, too, for tuning in. Of course, Fantastic Forum is also a television show. If You happen to be in the Arlington, Virginia area. You can check it out tonight at 8 p.m. on Arlington Independent Media, Comcast Channel 69, Verizon Files Channel 38. Also, you can check the show out again this coming Thursday at 3 p.m. The radio version of the show airs not only on Saturdays, but on Thursday afternoons. And if you're curious about Fantastic Forum, you can visit the website at fantasticforum.tv. We've got segments of the TV show broken out. We've got entire episodes of the TV show. We've got episodes of the radio show. We've got all sorts of special features, all sorts of fun stuff just for you. And you can follow us on social media. We've got Facebook. We've got Instagram. We've got Twitter. We got all that stuff because, of course, we're we're uh, technically savvy. So, uh, thanks so much for tuning in. You all be safe in the midst of this pandemic. Just because they are relaxing, social distancing, in other parts <laughs> oh, of the country doesn't mean this thing is over by any stretch of the imagination. So be safe. Have a great rest of the weekend, and come back again next week. Same bat time, same bat station.